As a formal, uh, a former federal prosecutor and United States attorney, I am a strong believer that an investment in reentry is one of the most effective investments our nation can make in public safety. So we, um, as prosecutors, as individuals involved in the criminal justice system, have known for a long time that simply releasing uh, people from prisons and jails uh, with a bus token and a new pair of jeans, uh, mostly to homeless shelters, uh, is simply not the way to end a revolving door in our criminal justice system. The Second Chance Act uh, was really a bold uh, statement uh, that we as a nation can reduce recidivism, crime, and victimization by supporting smart, evidence-based reentry strategies and programs. Since the passage of the Second Chance Act, we at the Bureau of Justice Assistance and our partner at the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Planning have awarded nearly 500 Second Chance Act grants. You're going to hear about one or two of our um, grants today. Over $250 million, which have provided reentry services to over 24,000 program participants, providing needed services targeted at individuals um, at risk, at high risk of recidivism. As recently as 15 years ago, I would drive by one of our uh, maximum security institutions on my way to work. It was the time when inmates were being released from sentence. And I would see a dozen of them uh, sitting on this stone wall outside maximum with these dark garbage bags uh, containing all their worldly goods accumulated over the years looking for all the world like they had no idea what was going to happen next. And I would think to myself, this does not feel good. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio, where you have stumbled upon a place that's in search for justice. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Sam Thurman and Cliff Stewart. This is on assignment tonight, and ladies and gentlemen, I tell you to pull up to the kitchen table, to the dining room table, whatever may be happening at the moment. Uh, we get ready to take off here, and you better buckle your seats, folks. We're getting ready to take off. Stand by. And you hear that, America? We just took off here on AJC Radio. And I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, 
call your friends, your loved ones, and a uh, beautiful day, summer day here in the United States, all over the country. Pretty good weather going on here, and uh, we're just heating up here on ABC Radio, and uh, I'll tell you what, Sam, good to be back uh, after a week of uh, uh, taking care of some good things, and uh, here we are, and uh, good to be back with you folks tonight. How are you folks doing? Doing good, Mont. Good deal, and uh, folks... Uh, uh, there's a lot going on tonight. Uh, this is going to be a show uh, that speaks to the heart of the human condition. And that is about second chances. And uh, all of us in life have dealt with situations that we needed a second chance. Well, unfortunately, we live in a society that second chances are far in between. And we're going to deal with that issue tonight as those that have been incarcerated get out of prison and have an opportunity to start another life, to get things going in a good way, uh, they're in a position uh, to should have be in a position to be able to make it, Sam, and they have an opportunity uh, to go forward with their with their lives. Uh, your thoughts on the fact that our society has kind of gotten away from that, and I believe that if you get sentenced to a year or a hundred years, you're doing a life sentence. Well, you know, uh, it's a well-known fact, and we were talking a little bit about it before, before the show, before we went on air, is that one of the things, uh, not one of the things, but several things that uh, formerly incarcerated folks deal with, is, you know, just getting a basic ID or getting uh, uh, an application to an apartment, uh, being able to find quality living, you know, it's like once you've served your time, then you shouldn't have to go through those hurdles. And, and the unfortunate thing is that you have even that even happens to folks who were wrongly convicted. Well, and yeah. uh, and, and, and just the fact that they have a record, uh, and that record has not been expunged yet, they end up uh, you know having to deal with a lot of things that they shouldn't have. Well, bringing up expungement, uh, we got two guests joining us tonight. Uh, different times, of course, uh, an hour between one another. Jonathan Tippins will be joining us uh, right around, I believe, seven thirty. 9.30 Eastern Time, um, and he is involved with some uh, good things going on as far as expungement, uh, as far as offering solutions to that second chance initiatives uh, in the legislation and things that, that we're seeking to get done. And uh, he's going to be one of our guests tonight. Our premier guest starting earlier uh, is going to be Jason Tashia. Uh, had a good opportunity to talk to these gentlemen, Cliff, and I'll tell you what, uh, these are men that are about it. They're not talking about it. They're actually being about it. And that is to they look to America and the legislators in Congress. You know what? We are in a position to give man an opportunity. People that have made mistakes. Some, again, as Sam alluded to, Cliff, some people have been wrongfully convicted. But those who've gone to prison say they were guilty to get out and have another chance at life. We have handcuffed them as a society. It made it very difficult for them to contribute to society. Well, when you look at the entire, you know, atmosphere of the nation, everybody's talking about prison how much, uh, how much, you know, they we got the uh, mandatory minimums being overturned. We got President Obama, uh, the first president to visit prisons and letting out a, a, a record number of nonviolent offenders. Now we have to do something with the people once they get back home. There, it, it, there's one thing to say, okay, now you're out of prison, but like you see, you can't handcuff them for the rest of their life because they uh, because they have a prison record, whether they did something wrong or not. 
And well, so we have to come up with some program that says, hey, you even for those who committed a crime, you have paid your debt to society. Now it is time for us to embrace you, to bring you back in, to allow you to become a, a viable part of society again so that you can recover the part of your lo- uh, life that was lost. OK, and, I, and, and Cliff, that's I mean, you know, I couldn't say it better in a classroom, maybe in a in a uh, what do you call it, a motivational speaker hall. Uh, you can't make it clearer than that, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll tell you right now, you know, America's got to the point they've gotten comfortable with sitting on those couches, those lazy boys, and sit, they sit back and say, well, someone else will handle that. Well, here on AJC Radio, we get out of the lazy chair and we bring the, the issues to the American people. And, and folks, this is very, very important. This is somebody's mother. This is somebody's father. This is somebody's sister, their brother, and in many cases, their child is incarcerated. And a lot of people find themselves helpless. Uh, parents find themselves helpless to help those kids that may have strayed off the, the right path because our system, our society says you are entitled to nothing. We're going to deal with that subject tonight. And I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business. And, uh, you know, this is about, uh, Sam and Cliff, what we've been talking about and what a just cause does. They just see radio. We are about bringing to the attention of people and the American people that look, our system is not as ivory white as you think it is. And we wonder, we ask the questions and I, I can't help but salute, uh, uh, President Obama. You know, you're talking about a second chance. He's giving folks second chances, uh, in his clemency power now. To say, look, you you deserve a second chance. Go ahead, Sam. And I was just going to say, you know, a couple of weeks ago, like Cliff said, he uh, commuted 46 sentences of uh, those that were of nonviolent uh, drug crimes, and uh, and then uh, at a speech that he did on July 14th at the NAACP, uh, he made it a point to bring up the fact that we need to reduce sentences for people convicted of nonviolent crimes generally. And to invest in helping formerly incarcerated people re-enter society. So, you know, it, this this uh, uh, the explosion, if you will, of our prison system, and we've talked about it several times on the program. The causes of that, and uh, the prison industrial complex, the quote war on drugs, and uh, back in the '70s, and now, you know, our system cannot sustain that type of uh, strain. Uh, and so now it's it's opportune time, opportune time to uh, commute sentences. It's an opportune time to uh, reform the sentencing policies. It's an opportune time to, you know, uh, uh, just do an overhaul of our of our justice system because we are, in the words of former uh, Attorney General uh, U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder, there are far too many people in prison and in jail for no good law enforcement reason. So when you have those type of situations that we face on a daily basis, you know, the uh, public, the uh, citizens of this nation need to stand up and recognize and and contact their particular congressmen and representatives and say, you know, get on board. We need you to help to facilitate uh, judicial reform because uh, our our system uh, needs that type of overhaul. Yeah, no, I I agree with you totally on that. And, uh, you know, we're going to be discussing that a lot more in detail Uh, as we go forward uh, here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is news coming out of Texas. 
And I'll tell you what, Sam, Cliff, uh, and this is a tragic one. Uh, as we talked about last week uh, or a couple of weeks ago when the issue issue came up with this land in Texas, uh, getting pulled over uh, by that officer uh, and treated, in my opinion, as bad as she was, uh, that was one of those things that uh, really raised a lot of eyebrows in our, in our country. And I don't know, Sam, as we get into current events right now, uh, going into um, the fact that this woman, I guess it came that uh, this man had committed suicide in the county jail. Um, and now she's been laid to rest. Uh, a lot of unanswered questions still uh, in that situation. Um, your thoughts on that, Sam, given the, the, the severity of that situation? A lot of unanswered questions there. And we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more as we get going here on this topic. Yeah, well, you know, when you look at getting pulled over supposedly for a turn signal violation and then you have a back and forth dialogue talking about, uh, you know, put out your cigarette and, and, you know, one, one attorney did, uh, some search of the statutes in Texas and, uh, and, and question, you know, uh, can you get a citation? Is it a violation, uh, for you to, to maintain your cigarette while you're in a traffic stop? And so that is a situation that get escalated, uh, and, you know, uh, consequently ended up with, uh, to, uh, with Miss Bland dying, you know, and, and folks are looking at this and, and saying, you know, she had every reason to live. Well, my understanding is she had just been hired, uh, what's the proper word, Sam? Her uh, alma mater? Alma mater. I, get, <laughs> I hear that in movies all the time, but I was excited about this. Yeah, she was. Uh, excited about the opportunity to, start a life uh, with this new job, it stands to reason why the questions are what they are. Right. Um, and I'll tell you what, something went awry here. And the fact that this woman was pulled over, number one, for changing lanes. Yep. Uh, yeah. In most cases, and I saw, you've probably seen the video, yep. uh, I often say, look, you switched lanes. Is everything okay? Yes, officer, I'm fine. Uh, be more careful, ma'am, uh, as you drive here to keep safe. Well, you, Lamont, I, I read one account. Uh, I, I think it was uh, one of the accounts of, of Miss Bland herself, where uh, she says that she looked in her mirror and saw, you know, the trooper, uh, the car, the cruiser coming up, you know, at, a, at sort of a rapid speed coming up behind her. So she moved over to get out of his way. And so, you know, she wasn't necessarily thinking about putting on a turn signal. She's, you know, trying to do her uh, uh, her duty, if you will, to uh, give the right of way to an wow. emergency vehicle. I'm not saying that his lights were on. I don't, I don't remember if I read that or not. But you know, it, anyone I know if, and myself, if I if I look in my rear view mirror and I see a police car coming up behind me, and and I haven't done anything, you know, well, the natural tendency or the the thing, the proper thing to do at any time, whether you feel that you violated the law or you didn't. Is to move over to the right, correct? Well, absolutely. So, and if the if the cop is coming after you, he's going to move over to the right with you. If he's not coming after you, he's going to go right on past you. So, the account that I read was that you know she was under the impression that okay, his car is coming up behind me pretty quickly. Let me move out of his way. Wow. So, I'm you know I'm not thinking about putting my turn signal on. I'm just moving out of your way so you can go about your business. And then he comes up behind the, behind her, and uh, well, the rest is history. Well, as as you see this type of nonsense. Uh, I heard the officer make the statement, I'll light you up. He, he, you know, he came there with an aggressiveness 
Well, his intent from the right. uh, from the beginning, when you look at the video and you see what transpired, the the thing that really gets me, you know, uh, officers are supposed to, you know, protect with honor, serve with pride, and all all those good things. This officer is seemingly from the beginning of the stop, yeah. uh, was extremely angry for some reason and had had it already a preconceived. Um, notion that he's going to get her out of the car. He's going to uh, he's going to search her. He's going to search the car. All these things. So you ask yourself, what? Why really did he stop her? I mean, when you're when you talk about profiling, you don't. I mean, you people change lanes all the time without a signal, and unless you are endangering another uh, vehicle, another driver. That's really no big deal. Well, Cliff, looking at that video, that, that looks like a country road almost. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's like it's not like a lot of traffic is out there. Yeah, who else is there? What harm is done for not, uh, you know, uh, using your signal? I I have, uh, you know, passed police officers either going a little over the limit, pass without a signal or whatever, and they will give you a look through their window into yours. Kind of look like, yeah, I, I saw what you did. You know, you need to stop. And it's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, a um, uh, a nod to each other. Like, I understand, officer. I'll take care of that. Yeah. But to pull somebody over and to manhandle a woman out of her car because you're saying she didn't put out her cigarette. And she's absolutely right. What what right do you have to tell me to put my cigarette out in my car? Yeah, I'm not smoking marijuana or cocaine. This is a cigarette which I can legally buy from the store. So it's just it's a very sad situation. We it's it's yet to be seen with the other investigation, the other autopsy, whether she indeed committed suicide. But it's uh it's just sad when you on a, it seems like a weekly basis we see another African American uh, die at the hand of law enforcement, and yeah. you know. Well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, right now from the AJC radio team, we send out our condolences to the family of um, Sandra Bland. Uh, I don't care what any person's opinion might be of the situation. It is a tragedy. And the fact, whether I believe there's some highly questionable uh, issues in regards to the suicide, uh, says here that uh, Bland had been pulled over for a minor traffic violation on July 10th by State Trooper Brian Encina. Encina arrested her following an escalating conflict, which was caught on audio and video recordings, and alleged she had assaulted him. Well, I saw the video. That is a blatant lie. Well, he was laughing about that with one of his supervisors. Well, it says here, after the announcement of her death and the release of video footage showing uh uh, the arrest, the officer was placed on administrative duties for failing to follow proper traffic stop procedures. He is a, he might as well have noosed the rope around Miss Bland's neck, in my opinion. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you this. Again, our, our condolences go out to the family and the loved ones of Miss Bland. Um, very, very sad situation. Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming right back with you. Right now it is about 8.30 on the East Coast, still a little early. Kids may be outside playing. Why don't you bring it on in tonight and get ready to listen to some good radio here on AJC Radio. We're coming back shortly with our premier guest.
Mr. Jason, Jason Shia, founder of the National Expungement Project. He'll be talking about the, the reasoning behind second chances. It is very, very important as we as a society claim to be a forgiving nation, but we tend not to forgive those that have gone off the path as they attempt the normalcy in a life that they have a right to have. We're coming right back. Stay with us, won't you? This is AJC Radio, where we are in search for justice. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Sam Thurman and Cliff Stewart. Lisa's on assignment. We're coming right back at you. Stay with us. Do you have a big brother? Well... I have a big brother, and I'm pretty sure that you and I experience some of the same things with a big brother. Big brothers will always be big brothers, right? I'm sure you'll agree. Well, my brother gets up in the morning. He takes a shower, heads to work, and at some point during the day, he's going to exercise and get that workout, as we all do. And, of course, depending on what's going on, he's going to sit down for two or three meals during the course of his day. And also, depending on what else is going on, he'll probably get caught up on current events and maybe take a few moments to turn a page in a book. How about your big brother? Some of the same stuff, right? Oh, did I mention that my big brother does all of that stuff, but he actually has to have permission a lot of times before he can do it. You see, my big brother was wrongfully convicted of a crime that he did not commit. That's right. That may sound shocking, huh? He's in prison. Wrongful convictions impacts families in ways you cannot begin to imagine. But I've decided that I'm going to do something about it. And I extend an invitation to you to come on board and join me in this fight. You see, I'm helping to be a voice for my big brother and others who have been wrongfully convicted. We'd like you to take a few moments today and call a just cause where we fight for justice. You can call us toll free at 1-855-529-4252. That's 1-855- 529-4252. Join with us as we fight for justice and for all big brothers across the land. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Every crime has a victim and every victim needs help. Being violated by a crime can leave you feeling alone in the world. National Center for Victims of Crime can help. Let us be your resource, your support, your guide to rebuilding your life and restoring hope. Yes, you have the ability to recover. 
take the first step. Call 1-800-FYI-CALL or visit us at www.ncbc.org. Thank you for joining us today to talk about the Second Chance Reauthorization Act, but also about reducing recidivism in our prison system. We address this, we can help to prevent crime, we can reduce prison costs, we can improve we can save taxpayer dollars. I, I know as a former prosecutor, I consider those all worthwhile objectives. Uh, in the past few decades, Congress and also the individual states have passed new criminal laws that bring about more and longer uh, sentences for more crimes. So we spend every year, send more people to prison, but we also spend millions and millions of dollars more. When we passed uh, the Second Chance Act four years ago, we gave resources to the states who wanted to improve reentry programs that have proven and positive results. Preliminary uh, studies, we find these are working. So I proposed a bill, and I'm delighted to have my friend Senator Portman here to, to uh, join me as a lead co-sponsor to improve the Second Chance Act. We want to make sure funding is available uh, for the key reentry projects. We want to make sure that states are using proven programs to reduce recidivism. Uh, it's make sure that all states have the opportunity to develop and benefit from these. Uh, we're trying to find, of course, in all areas, ways to trim spending. And the Second Chance Reauthorization Act that we've proposed consolidates a number of programs so we can do just that. And we're joined by a number of officials who are uh, involved in this and involved in programs within their own states to, uh, uh, to cut recidivism because eventually people do come out of jail. And we, wanna, we would like to lower the necessity for them being back in there. Ladies and gentlemen, you have reached AJC Radio, and tonight we just heard from Senator Leahy on the Second Chance Act. What is that? We're going to dig into that here shortly tonight. The opportunity for America to give people who have been incarcerated a opportunity of success. That's what we're talking about tonight. Do they deserve that opportunity? Absolutely. Is it are they entitled to that? Absolutely. We're going to dig into that here. I'm Lamont Banks along with Sam Thurman, Cliff Stewart. Lisa's on assignment tonight. And folks, uh, he, uh, Sam, as we listen to him speak here tonight on that brief statement that he made, the importance to avoid uh, the return to prison um, is about giving people a chance. And we're talking tonight about that second chance to do something with their lives. If you handcuff me, I don't care, you take me out of prison and handcuff me to a pole or a wall, I'm useless. But that's exactly what our society is doing to inmates that are getting out of prison and cutting their legs off where they can't do anything. 
that's a very important issue as we as we dig into that tonight. Sam, your thoughts on that? Well, I, I was just looking at uh, one comment, uh, a little bit of commentary on the Justice Center website where they talk about the Second Chance Reauthorization Act. And they're saying, uh, like uh, Senator Leahy was talking, uh, that the Second Chance Act ensures that the tax dollars spent on corrections do not simply fuel a revolving door in and out of prison. I think that's a very significant distinction because, uh, you know, you can you can flood the, the corrections programs with uh, a bunch of tax dollars to, to warehouse people, so to speak. But if you channel that money and channel those funds to things like like you were just talking about, the Second Chance Act, and, and the whole purpose for the Second Chance Act is to prevent this revolving door thing and reduce that uh, recidivism n- n- number. Uh, that's a hard one to say. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, but, it, it, you know, the legislation allows the federal government to continue providing resources to state and local governments and community based organizations in an effort to improve the success rates for people who are released from prisons and jails. So sure. it's a very, a very significant program. Well, I think it's, it's, it's very, very important. Um, and as we as we get into this and I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to talk to Jason tonight uh, as soon as we uh, get him, we'll bring him on. But talking about um, different organizations, Sam, that are out here, it, it, you know, I'll just say this real here. that The, the foundation of the backbone, if you will, of the Second Chance Act uh, says almost all of more than two point two million people uh, incarcerated in the United States will be released at some point. Individuals returning to their communities from, or jail have complex challenges and needs that contribute to the likelihood that they may be incarcerated again. These challenges include mental health, substance use, housing and homelessness, education and employment, uh, children and families. If you're looking, this is astonishing, really. This is absolutely amazing to me that you have 2.2 million people that are going to be released in society, and America doesn't have a plan to accommodate 2.2 million people entering our society. How do you expect the people to make it? Or not only that, the people who are receiving these uh, incarcerated men in their community. That's right. I mean, you know, they're not talking. Nobody wants to talk. It's a preconceived notion that these men in our society, that when you get out of prison, oh, my goodness, lock your doors at night this, not even knowing the situation of what happened or what's going on with these inmates. We need to have this, you know, they call it the Department of Corrections, a place where you go to be corrected, to be to be a better person. But then you handicap me the entire time once I walk out the front door. The lady said it best at the top. She said a bus pass and a hundred dollars on a on a prepaid card is not going to get it done. No. No, it's not. And, and that's what they're doing. And, you know, the Second Chance Act, they, they award grants for various types of programs, too. And so the things like you're saying, you know, uh, men, women, juvenile uh, offenders, they have to be reindoctrinated into the communities that they came from. And so they have programs that have been the benefactor of uh, funding through the Second Chance Act. Things like young fathers mentoring. Uh, you got reentry courts. You have the technology career training. Uh, you know, how many people have been in prison for 10 plus years? Uh, it was a totally different world when they went into prison as opposed to now coming out. And if they are really about making something about their life and they want to uh, take advantages of the second chances that are out there, 
then you know things like technology training is something that would be important for them. No, I, I think I think uh, Sam is is not only the the training along those lines, but the education, exactly. the opportunities for these guys uh, to go to school to to learn things. You know, they do things in prison where they put you in college. They say they're offering college courses now, uh, but here's guess what? The college courses don't mean a thing if nobody's going to hire me. So you're like, man, I got Absolutely. my degree, I got a GED. Uh, we're going to dig into that. I'm going to share a little bit of that more with Jason as we uh, uh, are going to bring him on now. Jason Tashia uh, joining us tonight on AJC Radio in regards to uh, what he's doing, uh, the importance of second chances. Had a great opportunity to have a good conversation uh, uh, with Jason, and I want to introduce him now. Jason, are you with us? How y'all doing? How you doing, Jason? I'm well. How are you? Doing very, very good. Thank you for taking some time tonight uh, out of your schedule. Uh, I would really, really enjoy our conversation about what you're doing, uh, the national expungement, expungement, excuse me my, on my pronounced pronunciation of that, uh, national expungement project. Um, doing some very, very good things, man, and I was very intrigued uh, doing our conversation. And uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to just uh, tell the folks about you, what you're doing, and we're going to get into some good dialogue. You ready for that? Absolutely. Okay. Go ahead, Jason. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited about this conversation. Uh, what I focus on with my work is basically improving access and understanding to the expungement process. It's not a do-it-yourself uh, friendly uh, part of the legal system, as is most of the criminal justice system. And we're trying to use technology to make things a little bit easier on people that you know, just like everything else, we turn to the Internet for answers. And I was finding that the answers around how do I expunge my criminal record on Google, were pretty terrible. So the idea was is that we threw together a pretty simple seventh grade reading level uh, web-based application where you can click through answering yes-no questions that are pretty straightforward about your criminal record. And depending on your answers, what you're doing is you're just navigating the statute in easy, readable terms. And then at the end, if you're likely to be able to expunge your record, we help hook you up with a pro bono attorney. Oh, wow. Uh, because there have been issues that we've had, Jason, uh, folks on this show, I believe, Sam, if I'm not mistaken, um, a lady that was, I believe, on death row, and her name escapes me at the moment, but she had gotten out of prison. They found out that she was not guilty. If I'm not mistaken, if I heard her correctly, 20, 20 years to expunge her record? Yeah, that's true. Un Jason, what are you when you hear that? Doing what you do, man, is that absolutely insane? It's absurd. It's this scarlet letter we put on people, and I think it's really important to remind folks that are listening that this isn't just about folks that were convicted of a crime and are back in society. These are people that were arrested and never charged, charged and never found guilty. Um, these are people that were never that are under the eyes of the law innocent of what they were accused of doing. And yet their criminal record has this blemish on it that just doesn't go away. And that's insane. It's disproportionately hurting poor and minority communities. It's keeping people out of the job market. It's keeping people out of housing. We talk a lot about helping people bootstrap themselves, pick themselves up. But when you put this albatross around their neck, that's near impossible. It's near impossible. And I was, I was sharing with the, the team here, Jason, a few moments ago before we brought you on, uh, it's when you get out, uh, the lady said at the top of the show, she said a bus ride and a token, uh, whatever uh, states, and they do it differently, but they basically give you about 100 bucks uh, on a prepaid debit card 
and uh, you wear the, sh- the clothes on your back. Uh, and I, I think I shared with you, I was wrongfully convicted here in the state of Colorado. And I'm going to tell you something. Remember that term, wrongfully convicted. When I left county jail from being found not guilty, uh, they had to find me a coat because it wasn't uh, it was actually in December. It was about a week before Christmas. And uh, I had shower shoes that I was assigned in jail. I wore out in the snow. Uh, I didn't have anything. And this sets, in my opinion, I talk about it all the time on the show, Jason, about the culture of people simply not caring. They simply do mm-hmm. not care. You're just somebody that no matter the fact that I went to prison and set seven years for a crime I didn't commit. Like you just said, these some of these people haven't even been convicted of anything. But once you show arrested on a record, employers are, oh, we can't hire him. Automatically. I was sharing with somebody, Jason, I don't know if I shared this with you. I received four job offers within probably two weeks uh, when I was applying for, for jobs. And I'm telling you, they're handing me offer letters on the table. Mr. Banks, we'd love you to join our company. And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, but the background didn't come back yet. And uh, every time I would get a call a few days before I'm supposed to start, uh, Mr. Banks, we're going to have to uh, not honor that offer. Mm-hmm. Four different companies. And you wonder, and this is what really is frustrating me, Jason. I'd like you to speak to this. And then you wonder why the people sit on their couches and point their fingers at the TV and say, man, why do people keep going back to prison? What's the problem? What's wrong with people? Everybody's got something to say. Till they walk in those in those shoes. Your thoughts on that? I think America is sadly mistaken and very much brainwashed, if, in my opinion, of what is actually going on in our judicial system. While we are quick to pass judgment and point a finger when we handicap these men, these women to be successful, we take every opportunity out of their hand to make it. And then when they go back to what they know, we want to point a finger and say, how could they? How could they? I can give you a couple answers. They're handcuffed and they're handicapped. Good thoughts on that, Jason. I, I think that's absolutely right. Reentry, you know, if we're talking about the population that's coming out of prison, is extremely difficult. And I think there's this assumption in the United States that if you are having contact with the criminal justice system, you deserve to be there. And that's simply not the case. There was this recent study out of the University of South Carolina looking at um, youth under the age of 23 and looking at uh, the arrest numbers there, and they were astoundingly high. Of males they looked at, all races, 40% were arrested at least once before the age of 23. And of that population, 47% weren't convicted. Right? That's, that's an astounding failure rate. And, and, and so, but those kids that were not convicted still have a criminal record, right? If you have that kid in Baltimore City where I'm based, then you would have a criminal record that you wouldn't be able to expunge without a judge's approval for at least three years. That's three years. They say you're 20 and this is going on. You're supposed to be applying to college. You're supposed to be finding a job and starting your life as an adult. And it's just not going to happen. There are all these things that are called, the technical term that we use is collateral consequences. And what that is, is that that is one of 44,000 different laws around this country that no matter what your outcome was in the criminal justice system, if you have a record, this is going to hold you back from doing something. That's going to be professional licensing, social services, getting student loans, uh, getting your parental rights. 
uh, immigration status for many people could be affected, even if they're never found guilty. And that's an extremely punitive system that isn't prioritizing public safety, and it's not prioritizing people's lives. It's simply just ruining them and costing states and the federal government millions and billions of dollars. And uh, not only does it, it monetarily just decimate the system, a community, but like you said, then it brings another level of danger because then you give a person who has just gotten out of prison, who's already desperate and saying, hey, I got to find some kind of way to take care of myself, to do something with my life. Then you put them right back on the road of, you know, if they did commit a crime, that that is the only thing that I can do is go commit crime because I have to feed myself. I need a place to stay. I need something that gives me a, uh, you know, some type of sense of accomplishment as, as sick as that sounds, but they have nothing else to turn to when their community mm-hmm. throws them out. The system fails them time and time again. Then the only thing they have to turn to is the only thing that they know. And, and most times that is back to a life of crime. And it's, it's sad and it's sick because the, the, the funds are there to help everyone who comes out. But the system is broken so that the funds cannot even be used to implement the proper programs that would actually make a difference in these people's lives. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And our recidivism numbers at the state and federal level reflect what you're talking about. You know, in most states, we call the prison system is run by something called the Department of Corrections, but they're not correcting anything. They're holding people in a pen. And then they let them back out, as you say, without the resources to help themselves get back on their feet. And then everyone's surprised that they're back a couple of years later. Sure. sure no. and, and Jason, to that point, uh, I, we were talking about the Second Chance Act uh, and the facts mm-hmm. on that uh, uh, data. And it says here, I'm just going to run these down. I'd like to get your thoughts on them. Uh, it says since 2009, Second Chance Act grants have been awarded to agencies and organizations in 49 states and the District of Columbia. Uh, Second Chance Act funded programs have served more than 92,000 people of the program participants who received employment services. It says here more than 12,000 have obtained employment since 2011. Uh, Federal, state and local corrections facilities held more than 2.2 million people at the end of 2013. This amounted to at least one in every 200 U.S. residents is incarcerated. At least 95% of people incarcerated in state prisons will be released back to their communities at some point. It says here that a study of recidivism is more than 40 states found that more than 4 in 10 people released from state prisons were reincarcerated within three years of their release. Within three years, 4 in 10. So it tells you that it, it speaks, to, in my opinion, Jason, to the the importance of the Second Chance Act and the push for legislation uh, with our congressmen, with our senators. And to that point, how is your organization reaching out on Capitol Hill? Are you getting any headway there to say, look, Second Chance uh, is, has made some differences. Why don't we follow suit with that and take a look at that? So as far as uh, the specific expungement work I work on, it's, it's on the state level. So in that regard, um, the, the folks in Congress that are aware of us where we've launched our app in Maryland, they use it as a tool for constituent services. And it kind of helps them from what I, the feedback that I got from our congressional delegation was that it 
taught them actually how convoluted the expungement process is and how unnecessarily difficult it is. But to your larger point around Capitol Hill, I think it's a really fascinating moment for criminal justice reform. It's this very uh, wonderful, I think, bipartisan push on both sides of the aisle that are coming to terms that we've been doing criminal justice wrong for the past 30 years. And uh, you talk about the Second Chance Act. That's something that's being pushed by Senator Booker, a Democrat from New Jersey, and Senator Paul, a Republican from Kentucky. And that's, you know, in the last decade, something we just haven't seen. And so I'm optimistic around kind of the clarity that's coming from both sides of the aisle around these issues. I think there's a lot of challenges uh, still, uh, as Congress has been fairly dysfunctional. But the fact that you can get a bipartisan group of folks with a lot of power behind them to be talking about these issues in the same way, I think is a really great thing. And have you had an opportunity, Jason, at the state level uh, to bring the technology that you say that you're able to bring in uh, and have you considered uh, reaching out to uh, the, the uh, congressman you just named uh, and having them take a look at what you are doing? Um, we've had an opportunity to take several trips to Washington and uh, make some headway there um, with, with some congressmen and senators on the Hill. Um, is there any way that you are able to, pr- to promote that or to push that to the congressmen who seem to be engaged as far as that bipartisan uh, uh, positioning and working together to try to bring some change? Apparently there's a, a definite cry uh, uh, out for change as far as judicial and prison reform. Uh, I think this falls under that uh, very clearly. Any, any thoughts on, on pushing that issue uh, further on Capitol Hill? I mean, I'll spread the gospel to anyone that's listening on these issues, and, and that wouldn't be a problem. I don't know if, if Senator Booker or Senator Paul have seen the work that we've been up to, uh, but without a doubt that the discussion that we had, the, the challenge for us is because the, the criminal justice system is, is so very much a state-to-state uh, system on account of federalism is that we work a lot with the people on the ground. These tools we think are, are most useful for those that are trying to bridge uh, the gaps for those people coming out of prison or have had contact with the criminal justice system and the society they're trying to get back in order in. And so we spend a lot of time talking to local communities, faith-based uh, groups, as well as advocacy organizations to try to just improve their efficiency and access uh, to these communities and getting them the help they need. Okay, I understand that. And uh, uh, there are some things that, uh, and I'll tell you this, Jason, we're going to get together, make no mistake about it. Uh, further, uh, we're going to um, actually get, helpfully have an opportunity. Uh, we're going to post your information on our website uh, that people can see it. And, again, we have a vast audience here uh, tuning in, and I think it's important that uh, – People working together is what brings about the change that we actually need. Um, and a just cause is all about that and partnering with people who are trying to make a difference. Uh, and uh, I tell you what, right now, what you're offering is something that is needed, uh, given the fact that uh, the criminal justice system is under reform, that we are looking for change. We're looking for legislation. Um, we're going to uh, send your information uh, to some folks um, uh, in regards to uh, to what you're doing as well. So, I mean, I think what you're doing is great, and uh, it's a matter of us coming together, man, and that's why I think we, we connected when we first talked because I believe our passions are the same. So uh, let, let's let's get down and, and get in the trenches together and, and together bring about some changes that need to happen. And uh, uh, what we're going to do, we're going to get ready to take a quick break. I'd like to bring you back uh, to give uh, some information out to our listeners of how they can get a hold of you and give us some, um, some meat, if you will, uh, on the end of the uh, – 
fishing pole uh, to throw out there and let people hear uh, uh, a little bit more about what you're doing, and then we're gonna we're not gonna hold you any longer this evening. But I think I think what you offer is a good thing. Sam, your thoughts with that with Jason? Make it a big difference. It looks like a- absolutely. And you know uh, when you look at the folks who, uh, as an example, you brought up the the subject of the young lady who had been on the program before. Uh, it took her 17 years, I believe, to to get her record uh, expunged, and uh, uh, you know that is just. That's crazy. When when you have uh, you were wrongly convicted, and then you try and uh, get your try and go get jobs and all this kind of thing, and and uh, and then you, you keep running into wall after wall after wall. And by by, by the way, her name is Sabrina uh, Butler, and uh, Miss Butler, you know, uh, was wrongly convicted, and then it took her 17 years to get her record expunged. I mean, that's crazy, and and, and it points right to the things. That Jason has talked about the things that you, uh, the the bullet points that you raised as well, Lamont. Yeah. That uh, if a person you, you've lost a big chunk of your life, and then all of a sudden you know, you're trying to regroup and get your life back on track, and and then you know uh, the system. I mean, we keep talking about the system is not designed to support you. So we definitely need to have some uh, a lot of activity around second chances. Well, Jason, hang in there. We're going to bring you right back. And uh, if you hear the music, ladies and gentlemen of America, justice is somewhere around the corner. Uh, and I tell you what, we're going to bring Jason right back to give his closing thoughts on second chances and what he is doing, uh, founder of the National Expungement Project. Get people's records covered, get things taken care of, giving somebody an opportunity to step back in society and not only put your bootstraps on, but willing to dust you off a little bit and clean you up. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We're coming right back here on AJC Radio. And I'll tell you what, just getting started here. Second chances. We all need them. Coming right back with you. This is AJC Radio. Coming right back. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855 525-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A Just Cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. Sergeant Michelle Garcia served meritoriously in Iraq and has the medals to prove it. Soon after leaving the Navy, Lieutenant Chris Scott found a job, a home, and started a family of his own. Corpsman Richard Stokely took the skills he learned in Vietnam and put them to good use as a paramedic. But soon after leaving the military, each of these veterans fell on hard times and faced homelessness. Even after Michelle lost all her savings, even after Chris wasn't able to pay his mortgage, 
and even after Richard battled alcoholism for years, they each reached out for help when they needed it most. A simple phone call put them in touch with a trained professional from the Department of Veterans Affairs. That call got Michelle a place to stay until she could afford one of her own, put Chris in touch with employment assistance, and found Richard a substance abuse program. These veterans are success stories not only for how they were able to help others while serving their country, but for how they were able to let others help them. If you know of or are a veteran in need, make the call. Hi, I'm an actor, and that qualifies me to talk to you about social issues. And even though my opinion is controversial, I believe that racism is wrong. Now today, what I would like you to do is take a look at your skin color and hug somebody that has a different color skin. We can stop racism together one hug at a time. Definitely ask permission before you hug somebody. Thank you. understand the importance of exercising and eating right. Most people think it's about getting super buff or eating grass to keep that perfect bod, but to those who believe that are wrong. Exercising regularly and getting the right balance of nutritious food leads to a common diagnosis known as healthy. Now healthy may sound mainstream and boring, but it's real. It improves your immune system to prevent sickness, boosts self-confidence and controls body weight, gives you energy and improves your overall happiness. So next time you think that's not bad, think again and be the best you you can be. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to AJC Radio, where we are in search for justice, but we bring the message of justice all around the world, and that's what we do. And uh, I'll tell you right now, uh, I'm intrigued uh, with Mr. Jason Tashia, a man that's making a difference and making an attempt uh, to, to circulate change around a country that is clear has lost her way uh, in forgiveness and giving people an opportunity to succeed. Uh, Jason, thanks for staying hanging, us, hanging on the phone with us uh, and joining us tonight. We appreciate it. And uh, I'd like to give you an opportunity to speak to the uh, listeners out there that Jason is the founder of the National Expungement Project. And I'll just pose this question to you, Jason. Uh, you have a real passion for what you do. What ignited that? That is a great question. I, oddly enough, I grew up in Alaska, and uh, the winters are dark and long, so you do a lot of reading. And uh, I came across Mumia Abu Jamal's prison writings in high school, and that opened a whole new world to me about uh, how the criminal justice system could be used as a political tool and in an unjust way. It turned me on to Leonard Peltier as well, and it just kind of built out of that. I was a part of my hometown's Youth Court, which was a juvenile diversion program to try to give a rehabilitative approach to juvenile justice as opposed to a punitive one. And, you know, these things kind of just coalesced into going to law school and continuing to find these issues engaging and, and wanting to keep fighting this fight. 
Okay, and I, I tell you what, uh, says here that you, you, I think what you just mentioned is the manage, you manage develop of a web-based testing app for juvenile service caseworkers, and also team members, uh, a team member working with the federal district court of Oregon uh, to develop an app to help ex-offenders re-enter society. Man, I, I would say that your position and your passion for what you do is critical uh, as we as we are constantly in search to bettering a system that has fell off the tracks. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to uh, have an opportunity, Sam I, and Cliff, I'm sure you agree with this, uh, you know, to send some of this stuff to some of the context we have on Capitol Hill uh, to take a look at what you're doing. Uh, this is about working together as a team, man. I, I said it one before, this, America's a family. That's what we are. So, uh, Sam, your thoughts on that? that? That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you got a lot of legislators that are, uh, as uh, uh, Jason even mentioned, uh, on Capitol Hill who are moving in the uh, in the movement or active in the movement, if you will, as far as helping to bring about reform. And so, you know, if, we, if you have tools that are available and things that we can take uh, to these legislators and say, hey, we got some things that can help to facilitate these act- activities, absolutely. then that just helps to, to help them to progress right along a little bit better. Oh, absolutely. Cliff, and you've had the privilege of uh, being on some of these trips to D.C. and and uh, I think, honestly, uh, there are some people out there, uh, Jason, and I don't know if you're made aware of this, but I'll let you know to tune in sometimes on Thursday night, Spotlight on Capitol Hill, where we spotlight senators and congresspeople. We've, uh, Cliff, we've come across some folks up there that have the same passion Jason has and what AJC Radio has and are just calls to implement this change. Your thoughts on Jason's ideas and, and what, how important is that? That's right. It's very important. I mean, uh, when we've gone to Capitol Hill, sure, you got to do a little search and you've got to uh, do a little digging. But you do find the people that have the passion for the people uh, for America. Sure. And and when you find them, you know, those are the people that that you basically ally with uh, people like, um, you know, Congressman Jeffries that we spotlight, Congressman Rangel that we spotlighted. And, you know, they have the same uh, they have the same goal. They speak the same language as a lot of advocacy groups that we need change. We need to see something implemented. We need to get it uh, done and happening now. We need these programs in place and we need them to be pushed and funded so that, uh, you know, these these different, um, you know, programs and and different agendas like like Jason's. Get pushed forward because it's it's very much needed. Nobody can say, oh, well, this is something that we need to think about, that we need to see if it needs to be funded. This is absolutely, absolutely. something that needs to be on the table. And, and I commend you, Jason, for, for everything that you're doing. And, you know, don't stop. And, uh, you know, we as uh, a Just Cause will be here to uh, help you in your endeavors and, and join you in the fight to ensure that justice comes for all. And the thing, Cliff and, and Lamont, is is the fact that, this has become a bipartisan uh, initiative uh, where in times past, you know, you could look at one party versus another and they would have a totally different agenda when it came to matters of judicial uh, uh, reform. And now because it has uh, escalated so sure. out of control, absolutely, you know, it, it starts to affect the bottom line when you talk about budgets and so forth. And so it, now you, you do hear both sides bipartisan trumpeting if you will saying that hey we need change and yeah. so uh, again yeah jason uh, excellent work yeah, and and uh jason any response to that well i mean thank you guys for the compliments i think it's just all about 
how you go farther together. It's not about one particular idea over another. It's about getting a bunch of people behind it, getting the money there, and making sure that it gets implemented correctly. Because, I mean, you can have a thousand good ideas. If the system rejects it, it's like a organ transplant. It's The whole process is for naught. Uh, and so I think that's that's the real hard part. It's not about the lines of code or, or the tech itself. It's about the on-the-ground implementation of these ideas to get them into communities and get them into the systems that we need fixed. And, uh, Jason, I'll tell you what, uh, you can count and depend on AJC uh, just cause uh, and, and uh, you know, letting our voices be heard in regards to support of what you're doing. Uh, we're about justice, and uh, we're in search for it, and it sounds like you are too. How can folks get a hold of you? Uh, we're gonna, again, we're going to post this information. Sam, is that right, on our website? Uh, folks can see it out there. And, uh, At AJCRadio.com. Okay, and we're also going to send some stuff. Uh, Jason, I'm going to send some stuff to some of the contacts we got on Capitol Hill, uh, and we'll talk more offline uh, and get together. Let's stay in touch, man, and, and stay a community. Tell the folks how they can reach you and, and uh, the best way to reach you to get involved with this fight uh, that we're all a part of right now. Absolutely. Uh, the website's expungeproject.org. On Twitter, we're at expungeproject. Uh, and then my email is just jason at expungeproject.org. Uh, any of those ways you can find me and we can continue this conversation. Okay, Jason, it's been a pleasure. I think, uh, Sam Cliff, very informative to our folks tonight out here uh, that you're out here. And I think the software thing that you're talking about, you know, I, you know when I uh, was released, you know, and here's the thing, Jason, and I'll let you go, but uh, the thing is, employers now just go to Google. They don't even rely much on backgrounds anymore. They, hey, we'll just Google this guy and see what's up. And uh, I remember going out typing my name, and, man, you would think, again, wrongfully convicted, Oh, but I didn't see a Google thing that said, oh, Mr. Banks has been exonerated. He's been found not guilty. No good news on Google uh, or Yahoo or Bing. Uh, and that has to change, man. You know what? If we're going to do it, let's do it fair. Hey, Mr. Banks is on Google. But guess what? We do have some good news to report that he is not guilty. And, uh, you know, that, that would all be too perfect, wouldn't it, Jason? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could throw up a whole show about how the Internet does more to hurt people with a criminal record than it does to help them, but you're exactly on point. Okay, Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. Jason, be safe out there. Enjoy the weather. I'm sure the humidity is not fun, uh, but try to stay <laughs> cool. And, uh, we appreciate you joining us tonight. We will definitely have you back, and uh, we'll be in touch in the next weeks to come. We're going to talk further of helping, uh, helping you get that information to Capitol Hill. All righty? Sounds great. Thank you again for letting me have the conversation with y'all. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Take care now. Ladies right, and gentlemen. Okay, take care of yourself. Uh, well, folks, uh, ladies and gentlemen, right now, we're looking at 9 o'clock on the East Coast. The sun is probably set or setting. But I tell you what, Sam, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up right now, man. Cliff, uh, this is about what motivates people to say, man, let me, you know what, I had a pair of flats on or some casual brown buster browns or whatever shoe hush puppies that you may have had on but it makes you want to go in the closet and put on your boots and strap up and so uh, folks we're just strapping up here on AJC and I mean that in a shoe fashion and no other uh, let it not be misunderstood but I'll tell you what we're coming right back with you folks uh, bring the kids in the dogs probably a little hot outside tonight let them come in and enjoy a little AC uh, as you folks get ready for bed that midnight snack or 9 snack 
Uh, get ready to tune it in. Folks, we're going to come right back. Thanks for joining us. This is Lamont Banks with AJC Radio, along with Sam Thurman. Cliff Stewart, we're talking about second chances. Anyone need one out there? I guarantee you then the numbers are in the thousands. We're coming right back. Stay with us. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who is innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongly convicted of crimes that they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today by remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause, toll-free, at 1-855-529-4252. Again, 1-855-529-4252. Or visit www.a-justcause.com and click the donate button. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. A just cause is a 501c3. Victims aren't chalk outlines. Victims don't just hang out in the bad part of town. Victims aren't asking for it. Victims shouldn't have known better. We are mothers. Daughters. Neighbors. We are brothers. Corporate citizens. Business owners. Homeowners. Robbed. Sexually assaulted. Attacked. Workplace violence. Assaulted. I didn't think... I didn't think it would happen. I didn't think it would happen to me. I didn't think it could happen to me. Anyone can become a victim when criminals are still on the streets, but we can all make a difference. Let's make our communities safer. Let's look out for each other. Let's be vigilant. Let's report suspicious activities. Criminals are still out there. What you know could stop a criminal from turning an innocent person into a victim. Like me. Like me. Like me. Like you. This Crime Stoppers reenactment is brought to you with financial assistance from the Department of Justice Canada. something you ever wanted to do as a child, be an astronaut, be a doctor. I always wanted to be a police officer. And there's a strong sense of pride in being a police officer. You know, we're not just out there just to stop people for the heck of it. It's just not logical. We no more want to accuse someone or charge somebody with a crime that they didn't do any more than they want to be charged with it. So uh, we take that responsibility, especially with sexual assaults, very seriously. I think my greatest fear uh, one of the greatest fears that many investigators experience is, is uh, convicting the wrong person. As police officers, one of the things that we're always very concerned about is uh, the potential that we have for, put, for putting an innocent person into jail if we do not do our job properly. And the, the 
end product for us is to know that we did our job properly and that justice is being done. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio, where we are in search for justice, bringing the message of justice all around the world. And I'm Lamont Banks, along with Sam Thurman, Cliff Stewart. And folks, if you were taking a nap on the couch, or maybe sneaking in the refrigerator, grabbing something you shouldn't have, I tell you what, you may have missed something that's even more delicious, and that is truth. And the message of justice here on AJC Radio. And uh, Sam and Cliff, I'll tell you what, right now, uh, it doesn't get sweeter than this. As we begin to dig and to explore a justice system, this that has fallen off the tracks. And we were talking uh, to Jason uh, moments ago, I guess, tonight, uh, giving some really good insight uh, on uh, him trying and making an attempt to push for reform through the National Expungement Project. And I'll tell you what, what he's doing is is very respectable, very much. It got me very enthused. Uh, and he said he's optimistic. Uh, as Congress comes together, as members of the across the aisle uh, in search for change. And uh, Sam, how important is that right now? It's absolutely uh, important. And, you know, when you look at all the things that come into play when you have a person who was formerly incarcerated, uh, and let, let's take a job situation where they're trying to get a job. You know, one of the things that there's a there's an international movement, but I'm sure it, it probably uh, impacts the U- United States more than anywhere because you know, we're the leader in incarceration. Uh, but there's a movement called Ban the Box, and Ban the Box is about you know encouraging employers to remove that checkbox off of the application oh, process. Wow. Where, you know, that, that question, you know, do you have a criminal record? Well, there are so many people that are behind the effort now to say that, so what? I mean, if you did your time, uh, then you are now trying to move forward with your life. You're trying to reestablish some things. This even goes all the way up to President Obama. President Obama uh, has signed on to the wow. uh, ban the box movement. And so, you know, that's something important. And, and sure. you were sharing with us here in the studio. Uh, sure. About housing. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Sam. Uh, you know, I used to be an apartment manager here uh, locally in Colorado Springs, and I'll tell you what, I, this was before I went through what I went through uh, doing my wrongful incarceration. And, ladies and gentlemen of America, uh, I promise you the drama does not get any thicker than Lifetime Movie Network in real life. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I had a family show up to need a place to stay. The gentleman told me, he said, well, I was convicted some years ago. He came in with his wife, had four kids. He said he went to 20 apartment complexes. No one would, would rent to them. No one would give them a chance. He had money for the rent, uh, Cliff, money for the deposit. Uh, and he was living in his car with his four kids. Well, when he came through, I said, man, do you have the rent? He said, yes, sir. I said, go get your bags. <laughs> because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, people can say what they want to say. How do you expect this man to make it? 
How do you expect him to feed his children? And you want to sit up and point a finger and say, ah, we can't do that. Corporations, organizations across this country, corporate headquarters that management companies that run these apartment complexes should be ashamed of themselves. I understand that if there's an issue where somebody just got out, maybe they were convicted of murder, uh, they're violate, they have a huge violent past. I understand the hesitation at a, to a point or the fear. But I think the fear is planted in people, Sam and Cliff, because that's the culture that we've created. We've created a culture of fear. Well, Lamont, you know, when you, I would venture to say that there's no one in the studio or no one within the listening uh, realm of, of this program who can say that they led a flawless life. life and that they did not do something that was illegal, whether they knowingly did it or unknowingly did it. And so, you know, for uh, for you to draw that line and, 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 and uh, uh, I guess, you know, disrespect, if you will, someone who got caught and you just happened to not get caught? Well, Sam, I think the problem that we have with this, and I think you make a good point, and Cliff, uh, I, I think the issue we have is that, to, to be honest with you, they say, well, what if it's a mass murderer? Well, guess what, folks? Do the stat and I don't the think study. I don't think it's going to be out on the street. Most people that are mass murderers are not getting out. That's right. <laughs> uh, most of the people that are getting out, guess what they are? Drug offenders. Uh, you have some violent people that get out, of course. But right. the statistics are not people that did outrageous, crazy CNN headline news crime. Right. We like to lean on that as a society because that's how we group everybody in. Oh, well, they get to prison, man. Who did they kill? Who did, what happened? They hurt somebody. That's, again, the culture. Exactly. Is off. Cliff, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not get, uh, you know, Manson, he's not coming out of prison and applying to a job at your establishment. With you. Or for an apartment. Or for an apartment. He will not be in your company. I mean, you're, you're not seeing Manson. You're not seeing the Unabomber. You're not seeing, right. uh, you know, Masawi. These are not the people who are getting out. The people who are getting out are the people who say, you know what? I have proven that I don't belong in prison. And I want a second chance. I've proven it by the time I've spent there that I was a model prisoner or I did my my, uh, time. I paid my my debt to society. Why is it that in America, only in America, society is set to fear anybody who ever was behind the bar? If you if you spent a night and you have a record that says you're in jail, walk down the street at night with that tag on, and everybody's looking at you like, oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna rob me, uh, he's gonna steal my children. That's not the well, way. It well, Cliff, the, the crazy part about that, folks, if you this is law class 101. If you go to jail, you're not you've not been convicted of a crime. That's true. When you go to prison, you've not you've been convicted many times wrongfully so look we're talking about folks maybe that were guilty of the crimes that got out and needed a place to stay needed a job sam what do you do with the number of people who are wrongfully convicted that should have never been there that have the same challenges equally to the one who was convicted well and you know and and that is a growing number every day That's crazy. as far as the ones who were wrongfully convicted and it's kind of a double whammy. It's a double-edged sword because, okay, you're wrongfully convicted, so now you're fighting the state 
to try and get uh, compensation for however number of years you were uh, wrongfully incarcerated. So you got that fight going on. And then, then you got the other fight on the other hand where uh, you can't get a job because of, you know, you got to disclose the fact that, yeah, I do have a criminal record, but like you were saying earlier, uh, but it, it, it's not a real record. I didn't do it. I'm, I'm not guilty. But to answer the question, do you have a criminal record? Yeah, if you do a background check, you're going to find something. But then, you know, that leads on to, uh, to the housing, like you were saying before. So you, you get the, all of these uh, circumstances, all of these uh, conditions that people are confronted with, and then you, you wonder why, you know, you have a line outside the shelter or, or you have someone sleeping under the bridge. And it's a tragedy when there's someone who is wrongfully convicted and they're having to sleep under a bridge because the system won't forgive them. Well, the system then and, and they're set up that way. Again, we're talking tonight, folks, about second chances. Uh, but what we've what we've kind of got into now are the obstacles in the way of those second chances yeah what obstacles are there they are many and i'll tell you what you know you got the halfway house situation which is a joke uh where folks live in a hotel room three or four people the size of a one bedroom not apartment a one bedroom uh where they live stacked up dirty and you're charging me about five hundred dollars a month to stay there and if i don't stay there guess what happens when I do get a job, you take my entire paycheck and you you give me an allowance that I that the authorities feel you should have. Well, you know, Lamont, there is uh, you know I was talking about the ban the ban the box <laughs> uh, movement, and so you know there are reports of, of people that are actually I mean some major employers, and and we can ask the research team to to kind of fact check some of this. But on the Justice Center website, the Council of State Government, uh, that talks about the, uh, the, the, the programs uh, as far as second chances, and, and that's where a lot of the second chance information is, it reports that there are 70 million, 70 million Americans have a criminal record. Wow. So can you imagine 70 million people trying to get a job? Well, that's and they all, got, that speaks to the unemployment rate, huh? Oh man, and, and, wow. they, and then they, they they have to, but they have to check this box, saying that, uh, hey, I have a criminal record. Well, here's an update: seventeen states, including the District of Columbia, have already removed the box off of application. Off of application. Wow. And they have mega employers like Target, Walmart, and the Koch Brothers, Koch Industries. Uh, they are all. Uh, behind this movement and, and in support of it. So, oh. hey, if we got any uh, uh, formerly uh, incarcerated folks who are out there listening this evening, go to Target, give it a test. Hey, let, uh, let's challenge hey. them. Go get, do a test uh, and, and go to Target, go to Walmart, go to one of the companies that's owned by the Koch brothers and, uh, and, and, and see what happens. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to hear, you know, some of the results from that. And this whole thing is spearheaded by the National Employment uh, law project, all of us uh, or none of us, and the Pico National Network. And so, you know, this is all under the auspice of one of these things that, that uh, they have listed on the Justice Center website and it says, uh, ex-cons need a job. Well, I'll tell you what, I have been in touch with all of us or none of us. Is that what you said, Sam? Yes, sir. Uh, they are going to be appearing on this program uh, down Excellent. the road. And I'll tell you what, 
folks, this, this gets the this gets the juices flowing right now. Uh, that these companies, Sam and I, wasn't aware of of those statistics. Uh, that's amazing. It tells you there is a shift uh, that is attempting at least to take place in the United States of America, and uh, that's very encouraging to know. I believe. I think that's encouraging. Uh, and I think what we have to look at, uh, Cliff, as you were saying earlier, the trips to Washington, D.C., the pressing, the pushing, the fighting over and over and over again. Something is happening in America. And I think people, you know what happens in America? When a revolution takes place or change takes place, and a very wise person told me this, it always comes to a sacrifice that is made. That's right. There's always a lamb that has slain. Any real change come. That, that that's something that that's something that gets the goosebumps on the back of the neck, uh, even in uh, eighty degree temperature. Hey, hey Lamont, uh, and Lamont, our research team, they're they're right on point here. They uh, kind of did a, a little bit more extra checking, and just over the last, because some of the information I pulled up, uh, that was as of like the beginning of June, and so now they're saying that uh, there are eighteen states that are on board with the band box, and then uh, looks like seven states. Uh, and, and I don't know the exact distinction between uh, a, uh, the criminal record versus the uh, conviction history, but there are now, uh, let me see here, seven states have, that have removed the conviction history question on application. Wow. So, you know, there's this movement to, you know, wow. let somebody walk in the door. If you're capable of doing the job, if you mess up, then, you you know, you, you mess up. Well, listen, here's the thing, folks. You know, we always think if it's simple, it just doesn't work. Well, through life experience, I'm learning that if it's simple, keep it that way. And, uh, you know, these companies are all, you know, you got turnover rates at companies, companies that are turning and have a high turnover rate. There are people out here wanting to work. There are people out here that says, I will go to work. I will do my job. I can guarantee you one thing is true. If they have had any time in a state prison or federal institution, I can assure you that the accommodations were not on such a level that they are planning a return trip. I can guarantee you that. And I guarantee you they're not going back for Mama's, mama's Meatloaf or it's the great food uh, that's going on behind a prison wall. That's not happening. So, folks, use your common sense here in America that, guess what? Give these people a chance. Give these people a chance to be a part of what we call the American Green Clip. We've been raised and taught that for years, that there's a dream out there that's attainable. You don't take that away from people because, again, and I keep using, we keep using the statement, they pay their debt to society. You know, if I go in and apply for, I say this all the time, let me use the analogy one more time. If I go in and apply for a JCPenney premium credit card, and I had maybe, the, you know, there's different levels of membership, Sam. You know, you got the silver, you got the bronze. You got the gold and you got the platinum. Well, guess what? I may have had a bronze membership credit card at JCPenney. Now, as long as that debt is paid, matter of fact, once the debt's paid, that gives me some perks to, yeah. the, to the platinum or to the next level of credit card, right? Well, help me understand one thing. We keep saying they paid their debt. Right. We should be rolling the red carpet out. There you go. And said, hey, welcome back home. There you go. Welcome, welcome home. You walked a road that nobody can possibly imagine. Well, you know, there's an incentive there for, for an ex-con to do right. Well, 
Absolutely. I mean, if someone wants to reestablish their life and, and, and have a successful reentry into society and not go back down that path of incarceration, there is an incentive to do well on the job. I mean, we we got to find that story. You remember we talked about this story a little while ago, uh, and it was the the cop who helped the former gang member or drug dealer or whatever he was. You remember that story, Cliff? Right. And he helped, uh, and he helped him get a job. The guy, you know, did so well, and he become became a supervisor. And, and then when the cop retired, the cop ended up needing a job, and guess who hired him? Is that right? I mean, wow. talk about a, a second chance success story. I mean, this is that's a second chance success story. The cop went out on a on a on a, on a limb, so to speak, to say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm going to help you out." Wow! And then it, it went full circle. I think I saw that story, and then he got on and, and the guy, I guess the guy that got out became very successful. Right, he became a manager. Yeah, the cop ended up uh, get a job, and uh, who came who came to his aid but the uh, the ex the ex convict. That he helped, and, so, the, and the cop had had, had uh, what arrested him? Like, yeah, he arrested him several times, time, put him in jail. But it's not. I mean, people understand. If I did the, the crime, I do the time. I understand that. Yeah, pay. yeah. But when I come out, if I'm treated like a human, if I'm treated with dignity and respect by any person, you see what it meant for this man's life that he could turn his life. That's around. right. And, and Cliff, there were, if I recall correctly, if you remember. There were so many mugshots of this guy. You would have thought that it was a time lapse, cap, uh, you know, capsule that they captured all these photographs and and just just watched him grow from a young kid right. to an adult. It was wow. almost like he could almost qualify as a career criminal. Right. And then, but the cops said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a chance on you and give you a second chance." And and man, it worked out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about some good feel good stories tonight that. Uh, Make you feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. And I'll tell you what, right now it is 9.30 on the East Coast in New York City. Temperature is 84 degrees. Humidity, 61%. Here in Colorado, temperature is 80 degrees. 80% humidity. What does that tell you, folks? It's been a little sticky on the East Coast. Very nice here in Colorado. Don't have to deal with that. Folks, wherever you are across the United States tonight, uh, I'm feeling good right now, and guess what? We're coming back. We're going to be coming back with Jonathan Tippins, another member of the founder of Expunge USA. And I'll tell you what, folks, second chances. This doesn't give you a feel good all over. I don't know what will, but uh, go ahead and grab a cup of coffee, cappuccino, hot chocolate with marshmallows, or just a Diet Coke or a glass of water. Whatever cools you, it's fancy. We're coming right back here on AJC Radio. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Sam Thurman, Cliff Stewart. We're in search for Lady Justice, and we bring the message of justice all around the world. Hang in there with us. We're coming back with Jonathan Tippins, and we're going to, after that, say goodnight. We're going away.
Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of AJC Radio and a campaign that we have started that is underway entitled Spotlight on Capitol Hill. This program is new to AJC Radio, but it is an exciting time when we take a few moments every Thursday evening to highlight members of Congress, their initiatives that are not only important to them, their constituents, and the nation as a whole. We invite you every Thursday to tune in to AJC Radio to hear your congressman or your senator and their initiatives that are here to shape a nation and to bring about change. We invite you cordially, and as we fight for justice, as we seek justice daily, we'll come together as not only the American people. Join us every Thursday for Spotlight on Capitol Hill. God bless you, and as always, God bless America.
ladies and gentlemen, you may be on the front porch somewhere across this United States of America, enjoying the stars, a starlit sky, maybe some watermelon, glass of lemonade, whatever summer dish that you want to engage in, folks. And it may be what they call the old American tradition, a little bit of mama's apple pie. And uh, I tell you, my mom makes the best on the planet. So uh, let's get a little bit right now. And uh, Sam, I'm feeling real good, man. Uh, no, I, I, was, I was just thinking, come on, and, and, you know, we always mess with you. Sure. And uh, a dish normally constitutes a full-rounded meal, right, Cliff? Absolutely I mean, he, not. he named apple pie, watermelon. <laughs> well, guess what? I'll tell you what, when you've been wrong. It all sounds good, though. But i tell you this, when you've been wrongfully incarcerated and you've eaten junk for seven years, guess what? Uh, I can sit down to a bologna sandwich and uh, jump up and say hallelujah because that's a meal. Hey, there you uh, go, but, uh, yeah, folks, uh, man, I hope you're enjoying the show tonight. We've been talking about second season. And Sam and Cliff, we've been talking about uh, uh, the reason and the uh, groups out here who are trying to make a difference. And with that, um, we come in with a very special guest who I had the privilege of talking to uh, a couple weeks ago and touched base with him a couple days ago, Jonathan, and I'm gonna, I guess he goes by John uh, Tippins. And, John, how are you tonight? John, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you now. I said, man, I hope John, don't leave me hanging. I heard no, you. No, it's, it's you? a pleasure to be here. I, Thanks for having me on. No worries, John. And uh, I, was, I was sharing with the team and, and our listeners tonight um, uh, that we had an opportunity to, to talk to the other gentleman uh, tonight who, uh, who uh, appeared on the show uh, in regards, and that's, you know, Jason, uh, doing some very good things, great things out there. And uh, uh, I know you have another side of, of your passion uh, in regards to second chances and uh, uh, with the work that you've done. And uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spoil the dessert, if you will, on the menu. I'm going to let you just get the floor and uh, tell the folks a little bit about you and what you're doing and uh, how we can help. Sure. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. I am all about trying to use technology to bring um, second chances, specifically expungement, uh, into the Internet, onto your tablets, uh, onto your phones, online so that you can, anyone can really access these services more easily and for free in a very comprehensible, easy to use uh, manner. So, um, yeah, I think uh, there's nothing more uh, prototypical of second chances in the area of law known as expungement. And uh, we're all about trying to bring expungement into online accessibility. Now, um, John, this is Sam. And, you know, you one word you just used that I wanted to key in on, you said free. <laughs> and yep. uh, anyone who looks into the subject of expungement knows that that could get very expensive. So uh, can you yeah. elaborate a little more on that, especially for those who may be out there and would definitely like to you know, take advantage of, of uh, the app that you Sure. Sure, yeah. Well, unfortunately, you're very right. Expungement is um, often prohibitively expensive. Fees to file for expungement can be prohibitively, prohibitively expensive just by themselves, depending on the state. Uh, I've seen fees, you know, in the $300 range, close to the $1,000 range. And that's just to file. That doesn't even guarantee that you obtain an expungement. Uh, but not only that, unfortunately, it's really tough uh, in many cases to file for expungement, to figure out if you're eligible, and if so, how to do it. Um, private attorney's fees are are also prohibitively expensive. So that leaves you hanging if um, you don't have the time between work and family to learn this stuff on your own. 
um, and you can't pay for the fees or the filing. So you're absolutely right. It's an enormous problem when it comes to cost. Um, we try to work with organizations that use volunteer attorneys, pro bono attorneys that are on this, this issue. Um, in Maryland, for example, we use uh, MVLS, the great organization, the Maryland Volunteer Lawyer Service, and they assess your ability or inability to um, to pay for expungement or to pay for uh, attorney's fees that would be required to help you prepare. And uh, they'll have a pro bono attorney on your case if uh, they think you're eligible and can't, can't really afford to do it. That's amazing, uh, John. And, and you know what I'm finding out as, as I began talking to you uh, a few weeks ago, uh, and there are people out here really trying uh, to make a difference. There's so much negative uh, out here that because, you know what, it's sad to say, but the system overwhelmingly is failing. And that's what people see. That's what people remember. Uh, and to, to hear and to, to, to hear what you folks are doing uh, in regards to the expungement process uh, I think is amazing, and I think it's just what the doctor ordered uh, for healing for this country right now. And and I, as going alluding to Sam, I would like to get your thoughts on that. About Sam, I think it was uh, remove the box, ban the box, uh, ban the box. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, what a great idea! And the president and a lot of people and corporate companies uh, that he named tonight on board for that. Do we sense a epidemic or a movement, if you will, developing in regards to saying, look, America, you got it wrong. Let's, let's heal and come together as, as Americans. What are your thoughts on that? Sorry, is that, is that for me? Yeah. I think we are in a moment. Um, I'm, I, I'm certainly hopeful that employers, companies, both small and large, uh, get on board. We are seeing some uh, major companies uh, come forth and, and ban the box and uh, try to take measures to expand their employment practices and you know, look past a single line on a piece of paper and actually at the person in front of them who's trying desperately to find employment to better themselves and their families. Um, I think more and more states are getting on board, uh, passing legislation, expanding eligibility for expungement. Um, and yeah, like I said, I think, I think we're seeing more employers and I hopefully, um, I certainly hope that we continue to see this uh, happen. Sure, and, and when you look at the time, Cliff, you had a comment? So I wanted to ask you a, a question, John, because, you know, you mentioned how cost prohibitive it, it, it typically is for uh, getting expungement, even filing the paperwork. And with me, you know, I'm, I just kind of look at it from, uh, you know, just the, just, the, just the basics of what it is. If you really are charging this much, making it this difficult for a person to get their record expunged after they've done their time, after they've gotten out on an exoneration, then, you know, what, why? When, and when I look at it, the only conclusion I come to is that the courts want to ensure that it's that your name stays uh, smeared. Yeah, in, in your experience, in your research, what have you uh, and those that work with you found that the reason that the, that the cost is so high, the reason that, you know, for lack of a better term, that they just want to keep this cloud over the heads of those who have gotten out of prison. What is the reasoning? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good question, and I find myself asking that same question on a day-to-day -day basis as I continue this work. Um, it's really hard to articulate any policy rationale for making it 
really difficult for folks to expunge a record that's eligible for expungement. Um, I think, you know, what, a lot of times when you hear legislators or um, uh, policymakers say on this issue is that um, the government or law enforcement needs to have a record of folks who might pose some threat or some danger. Um, and it's useful to them to be able to access those records uh, when the time comes. But um, as you pointed out, in so many cases um, where there's been a charge that was dropped, where there's been just an arrest, um, there's so many cases in which that, that, that policy rationale just doesn't hold water uh, when there is no threat posed by the record that's trying to be expunged. And, you know, as we know, a lot of times these records are doing far more harm than good, period. I mean, it's, pre it's preventing folks from uh, moving forward with their lives in an enormous way and often for really silly, petty things like nonviolent drug crimes that are, you know, in the wake of legalization, um, really hard to, to rationalize. Right. And, it, and not only does it, you know, prohibit them from from becoming a better, uh, you know, person in society, but it also pushes them toward, you know, committing another crime because they say, I can't get a job. I can't get a place to stay. I can't get, uh, you know, social services. Nothing is out there for me once I get the tag of a felon. Once that cloud is over my head, there's nothing out there for me. And so then what do they do? They run back to what, you know, they feel is the only option they have. And for so many uh, people and in so many times, that is to go commit another crime just to be able to feed themselves, just wow. to have somewhere to stay. And that is what is so, you know, just silly to me is because if you allow a person to be helped, if you allow the system to work for them by allowing their record to be defined when they've paid their debt to society, then you give them the hope that, hey, now you can go get a job. You can get a place to stay without this cloud over your head and without the entire society in your community looking at you like, hey, you know, because nobody really looks at an ex-felon as an ex-felon. They look at you as you are a criminal because you went to jail. Uh, like you said, John, whether you just got arrested, whether you got charged with something, if those charges were dropped, it's still almost impossible to get your record clear. And yeah. society looks at you that, oh, you're just a criminal. You're a person who got locked up, and, you know, if they brought charges on against you, there must have been the reason. The law enforcement doesn't bring charges against people for no reason is the common thought. Uh, John, John yeah. quick question. Uh, sure. is, there, is there a category of uh, offenses or an offense whereby a person's record cannot be expunged? I'm sorry, could you repeat that question? Is there an, an offense where a person's uh, record cannot be expunged? Oh, well, that differs. Uh, that differs state to state. Every state has its own rules about uh, what sorts of offenses are eligible or not eligible for expungement. In many states, any kind of guilty verdict is not going to be expungible. Um, you see some rules uh, that try to group offenses together that happened in the same um, the same uh, sort of time uh, incident. So, for example, if if you're charged with three or four different things and and you know, you're, three of three of those things are eligible for expungement, but the fourth isn't. Um, they might all be rendered ineligible together because they all wow. happened in the, in the same incident. So, yeah, there's um, it, it varies really widely state to state. There are some states that are pretty 
um, good about allowing folks to, to expunge the records in some states that are very narrow and uh, unfortunately very strict and put up enormous legal barriers to uh, expunging records. So it really depends on where you live. And, and I, John, I think that's that's absolutely tragic because here's the thing that's that the American people and the people that observe America's justice system. We said this earlier in our conversation. You paid your debt to society. And I use the analogy as far as a credit card. If I have a balance of a thousand dollars on my credit card, but I pay it in full, it's never mentioned to me again because it's paid. Right. Our society needs to lose the catchphrases that that these statements that have been made have become catchphrases you paid your well no you haven't and i somebody i read somewhere said whether you do get a life sentence or six months if you go to prison no matter how short your time that's a life sentence based upon how the system is set up today and that is to punish you beyond any sentence a judge ever gave you. That is why I believe the wheels have come off the track. But I think the entire train has tipped over. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, And I think we need to raise awareness about um, what folks in the advocacy world refer to as collateral consequences. Uh, In a very real sense, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, once you're out, once you've paid your debt, um, there is an enormous um, slew of collateral consequences uh, that stem from having your record that may never go away. Uh, even even in the wake of expungement, um, there is all kinds of uh, government services you're ineligible for, um, all kinds of uh, categories of employment you might be ineligible for. Um, it, I mean, there are very real um, penalties that may last the rest of your life. Um, you know, once you have, as you put it, uh, paid your debt to society. And again, these differ by state. Uh, the American Bar Association has put out a pretty large database. You can go to their website if you just Google search American Bar Association collateral consequences. You can search by state and you'll see pages and pages and pages of consequences, um, you know, depending on the charge, depending on, you know, uh, what the sentence was. Um, enormous uh, list of collateral consequences that will affect you. Uh, and like, and as you point out, um, it's oftentimes it seems just completely unfair given that you have paid your debt um, and you do want to better yourself and you find yourself uh, suffering uh, penalties for the rest of your life, nevertheless. Well, that's, uh, that's absolutely, you know, I'm troubled by that. And, uh, you know, our society needs to wake up. I think organizations as yourselves uh, that are doing what you're doing uh, and what a just cause does. And I explained to uh, J- uh, Jason earlier, uh, and I extend that invitation to you. Uh, we have contacts on ca- in, in Washington on Capitol Hill. That is the buzz right now is criminal reform, criminal justice yeah. reform. What people are talking about. Uh, and I think it's, it, you know, it is about us coming together uh, and working together. And I believe a just cause and AJC radio is about one thing, justice. And fighting injustice. And no matter what level that is on, I think we then become family. Uh, we're part of a yeah. brotherhood, if you will, uh, for justice. I, I really, really believe that, uh, John. So uh, we're going to go forward and, and, and work hard to try to bring about at least the awareness. And, the, and this takes work. 
I mean, you're talking about a lot of work, a lot of pushing, but if you can't stop the fight, because the system is designed that if you stop the fight, well, you fail. We don't intend to do that. I don't think you intend to do that. And uh, no, not at all. No, absolutely. And I, I think I think it's tragic. You know, if that's the case, there was no need for the judge to sentence anybody to anything in the courtroom that day. If you're going to punish me after I get done, the bottom yeah. line is people. People are unforgiving. People are unforgiving. And until they walk those, those that particular road, they're not going to understand what people are feeling or what they're suffering or what they're going through. You know, I got, we were talking about the death of uh, Sandra Bland tonight uh, with a traffic stop pullover situation where she loses her life. Um, as a result of changing lanes, and don't even go to the Eric Gardners or the or the uh, other folks that have suffered uh, as, as a result of a system. And I think personally, uh, what you're doing and what other organizations are attempting to do is say, "Look, folks, we have a problem." You know, and America needs to admit that. And I, I salute the president coming out and saying, "Folks, we got a major problem in our criminal justice system," and there seems to be so many legs to it, such as the expungement situation and all of that. Uh, I salute you, John, for what you're doing. Uh, I believe in what you're doing. We at the AJC radio team and a just cause believe in what you're doing and anything we can do to help. Uh, you know, we, we, we connected on Twitter, uh, and it lets you know the power of social media. And, yeah. uh, we're going to continue to do that. What I'd like to give you the opportunity to do, John, is that right now we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, but I promise you, uh, we intend to definitely have you back as we, uh, uh watch the progression of your organization and what you're doing. And as this becomes a hot topic, Sam and Cliff, in America, uh, I believe this is something that has to happen. John, how can folks get a hold of you um, in regards to trying to get a hold of you to offer support, to see a little bit more about what you're doing? Uh, we'd like to give you an opportunity to give that to our listeners tonight. Sure. Well, if you want to send me an email, I'm always there uh, reading everything and writing back. I'm at John at expungeus.org, and that's just J-O-N, John, at expungeus.org. Um, on Twitter, you can tweet at me at, at uh, expungeus. Okay. I accidentally threw an A on the end of that. I apologize for that. So no, it no is problem. It is expungeus. Yeah, the right? idea being it's expungeus and expunge us. Expunge us. There you go. There you go. John, it's been a pleasure talking to you tonight, man. And uh, like I said, uh, I believe we're family. And uh, let's yeah, uh, well, my pleasure. go ahead. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Um, and I'll be tuning in, and I really appreciate what you guys are doing. No, we appreciate that. I'm going to be in touch with you offline, John, and we're going to put our heads together as, as, as family, as families do. And uh, we're going to continue to fight uh, injustice and uh, uh, try to bring about change in this country that is so in desperate need of that. And uh, Try to stay uh, cool out there. Uh, you're on the East Coast, aren't you? Yeah, you you do the same, Lamont. Thanks so much, and I look forward to carrying on with you. Okay, take care. We'll be in touch, and a pleasure talking to you tonight. Be safe. Pleasure is mine. Take care. Take care. Folks, uh, there you have it. Um, wow. That sounds like a wrap-up. Uh, you know, they said when I was growing up that uh, time flies when you're having fun. And Sam, tonight we have been enthused, motivated that something is going to happen and change is going to happen. And folks, this is what it's all about, America, that as you get ready to lay down uh, in your bedroom tonight, whether you're up watching ESPN or 
just kind of kicking back and kind of letting the day roll off of you. These are things that we have to take a look at and we have to focus on. And uh, we're going to ask you to definitely pay attention and understand that change has to happen, but it's not going to happen with one person by themselves. That change is, happens when a group of people becoming united. We said earlier, a revolution comes in high numbers. We're going to ask you to get involved with the fight for justice. But it affects little Johnny and little Susie that may be tucked in with a lollipop as they go to bed next to Barbie or Teddy Bear named Ted, whichever one it is, uh, uh, this affects them. That's why we have to get involved. Uh, Sam? Yeah, I'd like to just throw in there also, you know, uh, what our prison population is at uh, over 2 million people now. And so uh, at some point, a majority of those are going to be released into uh, back into society. Absolutely. And so, you know, everyone, as we have highlighted uh, this evening, at some point or another, they uh, deserve a second chance. And, and so I, I would ask everyone out there, hey, yeah. if you're in that situation, uh, we do not also want to have a second chance. Okay. And we don't want to forget, Sam, read off uh, where this it just called started in the purpose they remember the IRP six tonight. Who are they? Uh, we got the IRP six. We're talking about David Banks, Dave Apollo, Kendrick Barnes, Clinton Stewart, Demetrius Harper, and Gary Walker, and the IRP six and six men who have been wrongfully convicted and are currently uh, have hit the thirty-six month uh, wow. uh, point as far as incarceration. Just Cause will continue to fight for their exoneration. And uh, for more information about the IRP six, you can go to free the IRP six Again, free the IRP6.org. And for more information about a just cause, you can go to www.a-justcause.com. And we have listed out there several press releases that talk specifically about the IRP6 and the case investigative lifecycle software that these men developed. And uh, you can find out more information about that by going out there. They can social, net, social media, Sam, where do they go? Uh, you can go out to Facebook as well as Twitter, and uh, those handles are listed on the on the website. Sure. So ask that you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. And then for archives of our radio program, you can go to AJCRadio.com for a weekly broadcast. And then also for uh, uh, 24x7 programming, you can go to Live365.com. On Sunday mornings, you can catch us at 10.38 Eastern Time on the Progressive Radio Network, and you can get there by going to prn.fm. And Lamont, you can also get on-demand programming at the405.com as well as iTunes. Well, Cliff? All righty, we want to say thank you to our guests, John Tippins and Jason Sorry about that. Uh, we appreciate you guys taking a little bit of time out of your evening to come and uh, spend time with us tonight. Uh, we appreciate the work that you guys are doing. And, uh, don't give up the fight. Also, want to say thank you to everyone in the chat room. Uh, you know, we appreciate all your comments and your questions in there tonight. And we want to say thank you to our production team, K&D Productions, Captain Kyle, helping out in Phillips Grill, and got the honeycomb kids up in the bar. Also, we want to say thank you to our production support team. They give us the accurate and up-to-date information so we can pass that on to you. And to the truth, we know you're out there. We appreciate it. And very quickly, Lamont, you know that uh, a wrongful conviction often impacts families, and it impacted the families of the IRP6. We ask that you go out to GoFundMe.com. Again, GoFundMe.com. Do a search on IRP6. Make a contribution to the families of the IRP6. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen of America, last but not least, we have uh, the people responsible for the wrongful conviction of the IRP-6. It wouldn't be right, just wouldn't be proper, not to mention those who affected the innocent of the wrongful conviction of the IRP-6. They are John Walsh, Matt Kirst, Janetta Harza, Greg Goldberg, Christina Aguayo, Jerome Holmes, Bobby Baldock, Harris Hartz, Judge Jackson, Judge Schaefer, Darlene Martinez, Agent John Smith, Robert Moen, FBI, John Epke, Gary Hilberry, Thomas Goodry, Clifford Barnard, Thomas Richard, Robert Berger, Mitchell Baker, Boston Staten Jr., and Rick Cornfield. We would be unkind not to mention those who wrongfully convicted six men, patriots of justice, developed software to keep the homeland safe. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. This is AJC Radio. Well, we are in search for justice, and we bring the message of justice all around the world. A former federal prosecutor and United States attorney, I am a strong believer that an investment in reentry is one of the most effective investments our nation can make in public safety. So we, um, as prosecutors, as individuals involved in the criminal justice system, have known for a long time that simply releasing uh, people from prisons and jails um, with a bus token and a new pair of jeans, uh, mostly to homeless shelters, uh, is simply not the way to end a revolving door in our criminal justice system. The Second Chance Act uh, was really a bold uh, statement uh, that we as a nation can reduce recidivism, crime, and victimization by supporting smart, evidence-based reentry strategies and programs. Since the passage of the Second Chance Act, we at the Bureau of Justice Assistance and our partner at the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Planning have awarded nearly 500 Second Chance Act grants. You're going to hear about one or two of our um, grants today. Over $250 million, which have provided reentry services to over 24,000 program participants, providing needed services targeted at individuals um, at risk, at high risk of recidivism. As recently as 15 years ago, I would drive by one of our uh, maximum security institutions on my way to work. It was the time when inmates were being released from sentence. And I would see a dozen of them uh, sitting on this stone wall outside maximum with these dark garbage bags uh, containing all their worldly goods accumulated over the years looking for all the world like they had no idea what was going to happen next. And I would think to myself, this does not feel good. 